Hey ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden, either way, you're still listening to Susto, the podcast of Ooky Spooky Scary Stories. How the heck are ya? I'm doing well, I hope you are too. If you're new, welcome, thank you for joining us, go ahead, pick a seat, any seat you want, or you can stand if you want to also, that's fine, that's okay, and if you're not new, welcome back, thank you for being here again so much, truly appreciate it. Right off the bat, I'm going to do this now, and I'm going to do it again before I start the story, just a quick content warning or trigger warning for this episode. It's going to be very gory. I'm going to be talking about a murder story, basically. And I'm just going to quickly explain it right now before we do anything else. It's a story about a mother who murders her three children. It's not extremely detailed, but there are some pretty disturbing details in the story. It's just like a disturbing concept to begin with. So just to give you a heads up about what we're going to be talking about today. So aside from that, another thing I want to kind of mention to you all, a lot of you may not know but I have done Easter eggs in the show like twice already or like little like golden hidden golden tickets kind of and maybe you have heard and you just don't care or you don't want them but the first time I think I forgot what I think I gave away pins susto pins because somewhere in the episode listeners I gave you all an instruction some of you followed the instruction and you got the free pin that's that's as easy as it was just because I kind of wanted to gauge like where people are listening where they're not listening and all there's not going to be one in this episode obviously because I'm telling you now but it might happen again in the future and most recently out in the Mal de Ojo episode I did the same thing put somewhere in the episode that if whoever was listening at that point and didn't like skip through or I don't know even like just for listening to the episode they did what I asked them to and then they got the Mal de Ojo sticker so just you know just letting you know it pays off off to listen to the entirety of the episode. I know that you might hate, loathe the way that I sound (laughs) or the way that I speak, but that's fine. You don't have to like it. Um, But I would assume that you wouldn't be here if you didn't, right? I don't know. Anyway, that's one way that you can help me and help this show is by just letting it play all the way through. I know I ramble sometimes. (laughs) I probably like talk about things that you absolutely do not care about, but just letting you know, that's a thing that happens or that will be happening every now and then. Uh, Not every time. So I'm sorry. Can't do it all the time because I I don't don't have like all the free things to give away, but still. Also, another way that you can help out with the show if you don't want to listen all the way through, I guess. (laughs) But another way that you can help is by liking the show liking the episode, subscribing to the show, leaving good reviews, whatever you can do wherever you are listening to the show, I again would absolutely love that. And as always, if you want extra benefits, if you want to receive Sustomel, I'm not sure if you've seen it on the social medias at Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm always posting updates about the Sustomel because it's one of my favorite things. It's like y'all are my pen pals and I just send all this like stuff to you once a month. And you can get that by signing up to be a patron on patreon.com slash Podcast. I want to thank also everybody who has ordered their own sticker or their own shirt or hoodie. I'm super grateful to all of you for that. And again, just letting you know that I do do that like freelance like on the side so if you have a request for something custom let me know and and i'll do it for you like i have all the equipment we can do business with each other and on on, on that note i'm super excited because sometime today i'm supposed to be getting a heat press delivered and i'm really excited about that because it's going to take the quality of the t-shirts and the hoodies especially the susto ones it's going to just elevate the quality of those because i've been using like this tiny like handheld heat press it's basically an iron and it works it's great but you know the heat press that i'm getting it's like kind of like an industrial 
size kind of thing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited about it because I'm going to get to make things so much faster and more securely. So really excited about that. But you can follow anything about that on the Susto social medias, again, at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, sometimes I post things about Susto on TikTok, but usually if I post them there, I'll post it on the other Susto socials. So like if you follow one of them, chances are you're seeing everything that's happening on all of them. Y'all speak of the devil. My heat press was literally just delivered. Like I I just I just recorded that little part and then I got the notification on my phone that it was delivered. I'm so excited. And along with that was I ordered some more masks. I've been making Susto masks. I sent them out to the best girlfriends. That's the $10 tier on Patreon. And so again, if you haven't seen those, just go check out my social media. I don't think I've posted a picture of anybody wearing them on the pages themselves, just on like the stories. But yeah, you can go see what they look like on there. It's literally just the the Susto logo on the mask and it looks super cool. Again, they, they take so much work, but if you want one, you can sign up to be a best school friend and you get a bunch of stuff this month. <laughs> and because uh, I also still have some of those planchette pins left and or you can just you can buy one of those masks from me. Just let me know again, message me, email me. And as always, if you have your own scary story, audio, video, recording, what have you, you can leave that in a review or email it to sustopodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and uh, jump into the story now. But again, I want to give you a second warning that the contents of this episode are extremely graphic. I do go into some detail about the murders of three children by their mother in this episode. So this is your warning before we jump in. And aside from that, I hope you enjoy it. I know this one's a little bit more like on the true crime side of things, but I mean, it's still scary as hell. And there are a little bit of some paranormal elements to this story. So go ahead and give it a listen. And I hope that you enjoy it. And I'll be telling you the case of Claudia Mijangos. On the morning of April 24th, 1989, a day like any other, the city of Querétaro woke up to shocking news. Claudia Mijangos murdered her three children. She was a religious and exemplary housewife who, in a psychotic outburst, changed her life and that of an entire city. Claudia Mijangos, now also known as the Hyena of Querétaro, was raised in a middle-class family. In her youth, she won the title of Mazatlan's beauty queen. After graduating, she married Alfredo Castaños Gutierrez. They had three children. After the death of her parents, the family inherited a sizable amount of money and moved to Querétaro City. There, the three children were enrolled in the Catholic school Colegio Fray Luis de Leon, where Claudia Mijangos worked as a catechism teacher. Claudia later opened her own boutique downtown. In the late 1980s, Claudia and her husband Alfredo began to develop marital issues. She also began to display signs of emotional instability, according to close relatives and friends. The couple attended marriage counseling with Dr. Jaime Flores of Instinto Asesino, a television show on Discovery Channel. 
Dr. Flores asserted that the power struggle apparent within the marriage was, unfortunately, irreconcilable. Shortly after, Claudia became obsessed with Father Ramon, another teacher at her children's Catholic school, a detail he would go on to deny. Eventually, Claudia and Alfredo separated in 1989. When Claudia was 33 years old, she began to experience severe psychotic attacks in the months preceding the murders. These attacks reportedly involved hallucinations of demons and angels, which left Claudia psychologically decomposed. On April 23, 1989, Claudia's husband picked up their children from school and brought them to Claudia's home. There, Claudia and her ex-husband engaged in an intense argument. He probed her about her relationship with Father Ramon and articulated his desire to get back together. Furious, Claudia defended Father Ramon and rejected Alfredo's desire to rekindle their relationship. Before he left, Claudia threatened him, saying he would be sorry. After locking the door behind him, Claudia went upstairs to tuck her children in bed and went to sleep. A few hours later, on April 24, 1989, at around 4 in the morning, Claudia Mijangos awoke to loud voices in her head. She stated that the voices told her, Mazatlan has disappeared, and that all of Querétaro is a spirit. The voices inside the head of the former beauty queen did not stop talking. They told her that her children were demons that prevented her from being with Father Ramon. Desperate, Claudia called her friend Veronica Vasquez, who asked Claudia to calm down. Her friend Veronica promised to come in the morning to help her. Following the call, Claudia got out of bed, put on one of her dresses, went to the kitchen, and took three knives while her children still slept peacefully. At about five in the morning, Claudia woke up her six-year-old son Alfredo and attacked him with a knife. Leaning on the child's bed, she grabbed his left hand and completely amputated it. The boy screamed in pain and terror. Awakened by the noise, Alfredo's eldest sister, 11-year-old Claudia Maria, came to the room and begged her mother to stop. Switching knives, Claudia rushed over her eldest daughter and stabbed her six times. Wounded, Claudia Maria managed to leave the room and loudly pleaded with her mother for mercy. The screams of pain and despair woke up the neighbors. Claudia took the third knife and stabbed her nine-year-old daughter Ana Belen in the heart. Claudia ran downstairs, searching for Claudia Maria, who had fainted on the dining room floor, and stabbed her again. She then dragged her upstairs and placed her lifeless body in the master bedroom. Experts have indicated that the attack against the children lasted at least three hours. Some versions of the case say that Claudia, after carrying out the triple filicide, lay next to the bodies until dawn, and that hours later, a neighbor from the Jardines de la Hacienda neighborhood was the one who entered the house and discovered what happened. For several weeks, the local press reported what took place. Mijangos was questioned and claimed to not remember the night and seemed to be unaware of the final fate of her children. According to the interrogation, 
she was delirious, saying that her children were sleeping and she had to prepare breakfast and get them dressed for school. 32 years after what happened, Claudia Mijangos Arzac is now 65 years old and has been incarcerated since September 19, 1991 in the psychiatric annex of the Women's Center for Social Readaptation of Tepepan, south of the Federal District. Mihangos was expected to be released in 2019 after she served her sentence of a 30-year minimum. However, no one has come forward to complete the process releasing her and accepting the responsibility of taking her into their care. The house of the Hyena of Querétaro, where the tragic murders occurred, for years was the scene of satanic rituals until the house was completely bricked up. The house, which still stands in the Mexican state, is famous among townspeople for the alleged paranormal activity that occurs on the premises. Neighbors say that a phantom of a bleeding child is sometimes seen at the second floor window. And according to locals, if you listen closely, you can still hear the sound of children screaming. Okay, so this one was actually, it was pretty tough to put together. I think of myself as a person or like in my experience, I'm the type of person I can, I can listen to like gory stories to like really horrendous things. I, I listen to true crime podcasts and I watch the shows and the movies and all that. But I can honestly say it feels different to go looking for these details. I don't know. It just, it feels, it's scary. <laughs> Like to say the least, like, and yeah, that's the point of the show, but it's scary. And I think more than anything, it, it's really, it was really sad to me, like reading about this and how this is obviously this woman, Claudia, she obviously was experiencing rapidly declining mental health. And some people said that, you know, what pushed her over the edge was that that Father Ramon person that he went on to like deny their romance after her and her husband Alfredo were divorced. And I even something that I also read in one of the links that I used to put the story together was that after the after the murders and while the case was ongoing that Father Ramon that he was actually transferred to a different location and I'm not quite sure if they said that was something that he did of like his own volition like he was like I'm, I want to transfer out or if the archdiocese was like no you got to move but this does seem like something that the Catholic Church would want to separate itself from especially because him as a priest I think is supposed to take that vow of like solitude or I don't know I mean I, I, I'm, not an, I'm not an expert on priests so I don't know exactly what they're supposed to promise or what have you but I do know that that was mentioned that he it was their relationship was kind of scandalous because he's a priest and they're not, the priest is not supposed to be with someone in a romantic way and so that but apparently that was something that pushed over the edge is that the priest Father Ramon that he ended the relationship with her and and that could have been for a number of reasons it could have been that maybe he also saw her mental health was deteriorating and he was like he just decided that he didn't want anything to do with that and so then that pushed her over the edge and but but it would be really interesting to know what the correlation between her saying that 
the the voices were telling her that her children were demons that were preventing her from being with him and like what the actual truth is but it's gonna it i think i feel that'd be hard to tell without hearing what this father ramon person has to say and i feel like they they really probably wouldn't go on record especially if there's still someone that represents the church yeah i just i don't think that's something that they would be willing to discuss and i can respect that because that's really traumatic for everybody that's involved you know you're with this person and you decide you know maybe i shouldn't be with this person and then something like that happens they she killed her kids and it's like i don't know it just it's traumatic for anybody that knew her directly in it and i think i mean personally for me i feel like it would be really traumatic in a way of what could have been done to prevent this and like not only to save her children but also to help her like she was suffering hearing this story you know this is a person that was not well and like she was hearing voices in her head and one of the it may have been the wikipedia or one of the links that i looked into about her story i think after you know the case was done and she was sentenced to that annex or to wherever she was held that she was formally diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder i feel like it's something i've mentioned on the show before like it's there there are not enough resources for mental health i think in most places of the world but even in america and this is you know i feel this case unfortunately this isn't something rare i mean yes it's rare enough but it's not something that has never happened before it's not something that we don't hear like there are many stories where people reach some sort of peak or breaking point or they have like these outbursts and the 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 not the clues but like there's there's signs of like this person is not doing well like like it was mentioned in the story like people around her her family and friends they noted that she was not doing well that the voices her hearing the voices was a pretty common thing for her that's why her friend veronica was like i'll go over in the morning don't worry about it like you know this is something that i guess they it seems that people around her had gotten used to it makes it makes me wonder like you know what resources did or did not exist around her that she maybe did not have access to or wasn't aware of you know just like like what were the options before and like like where like how did people step in if at all before that night you know i don't know it's just that's where my mind went to immediately and i know a lot of people's immediate reactions are like how could a mother ever do that to their child and and that's usually something that you hear in cases like this but also like yeah like really let let let's let's dig into that question how can a parent do something like that to their child typically the case is that that person is not well there are some people out there that i think are just pure evil and they 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 are bad people but a lot of the time a lot of cases that I've seen, you know, this whole demons told me to kill my children or voices told me to kill my children. This isn't the only story like this that I've heard as I, as I keep mentioning it, just because I know I've heard an, another story like this where a parent killed a child and, you know, d- during the investigation, that's what came out is that they, they confessed, well, yeah, the devil made me do it, like, obviously. And then it's like, okay, there's obviously something going on with this person. Yeah, I don't know, just my, my brain, that's the first place it goes to. It goes to like a mental health aspect. And do not confuse this at all with me saying that anybody who is living with some sort of mental illness or or what have you is capable of doing something like this or they're all a danger because that's not the truth like mental illness like many things is it's complex and it's different for each person and the best we can do again is provide resources to people instead of fucking budget cuts and what have you but again i just want to make sure that we're clear on that that i don't want us to group people with mental illness as just one type of person you know this 
happen to be someone who is suffering severely. And again, it goes, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I feel like I've, I've said it a hundred times already, and it hasn't even been that long. Like, it goes back to how could we have helped this person, really? I guess, and there's, there's not really much context for me to dive into with this, aside from just talking about really that mental health aspect. But like I, I mentioned earlier, this is a, it's a type of story that I've heard before where people reach a breaking point for whatever reason. And whether it's true or not, they they then go on to cite their reason as like, well, well it's because there's demons around me or, or this person was a demon. So I had to save them or I had to kill the demon and they just so happen to be in that body. Like it's really creepy, scary stuff. And then the fact that people went on to use the house like after it was empty as a site for satanic rituals based on the the satanic panic episodes who knows how much truth there is to that i mean call me old-fashioned but i do my satanic rituals at desecrated religious sites uh not people's homes i'm kidding i i don't do any of that not that way (laughs) um but yeah that i makes me want to look into it makes me curious about how true that is and you know what that could have just been a response from local government to to make up a rumor like that to keep people away from the property which obviously was an issue is that people were also just going to to snoop around and to look and be like oh this is where it's happened let's go look which you know i'm guilty of with that house in monte out though i think it's something natural people like people are super curious and then they go look and then eventually again as was said in the story the house was bricked up and there's a picture of it that i put on the social media of the house and how it's bricked up so that people would stop going in i'm sure that doesn't stop everybody but it definitely deters some folks i just i feel bad for people that live in the neighborhood i think that was something that i read in one of the the links and all of the links are in the sister google docs and patreon but some neighbors have also reported that like it was really it was starting to get where people would visit to the point where they were just like in and out of the neighborhood. And so that sucks for them because it's like an actual like neighborhood with a bunch of houses. And so I feel bad for the people that live next door to it. I would be so creeped out, but they could also just be like a skeptic and they're like, yeah, it's something tragic happened, but that has nothing to do with my house, right? Also, one quick thing on the the post for this episode, and I'm going to put a a warning on there as well, is there's a picture on the Wikipedia of, there's three pictures. There's one of the knives, some knives in, in a cabinet. I don't think it's the knives that she used. There's another picture of one of like the floors and it's really gory and bloody. And then there's another picture that, that it's the dress that she wore and it's this pink dress and it's covered in blood and i i am gonna put that on the instagram but it's gonna be like the last photo on like the the swipe thing and i'm gonna put a warning at the beginning like a blood warning of this dress that was worn during the murders um so that you don't have to like automatically see that and i probably won't even put it on twitter and facebook because there's no way to hide a picture that way i think i can do like the sensitive content warning on facebook maybe twitter too but if i can't figure it out i'm not gonna chance it because i don't want to like expose you to something like that that you didn't 
agree to looking at. Some people just don't want to see it and that's fine. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know it may have been hard to get through and some of you may have just like clicked away from it after I gave that first warning. And I mean, I can, I respect that. That's fine. I know that not everybody wants to hear about everything, especially something like that. But I did want to tell the story because I think it's, like I said, it is scary to think that people are capable of something like that. And then it's scary to think that the, the resources aren't properly put in place or accessible to prevent something like that on a larger, more systemic scale. Just something to think about. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, follow the social medias at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for any and all updates on the show. Please, 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 if you have a chance, leave a, a positive review, a five-star rating, like the episode, like the show, subscribe to it, whatever you can do on the platforms that you are listening on, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have your own scary story, audio, video, recording, anything, what have you, you can send that to me through a review or to SustoPodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you want some goodies, Every month you get at least Susto Mail. Most times I'm coming up with new things to give to my patrons. And yeah, as soon as you sign up, you get everything that past patrons have gotten. So I don't know if you've seen the picture, but on social media I posted new patrons right now are getting the original Susto logo sticker. They're getting the the new Susto logo sticker, a Madre Ojo sticker. And if you sign up to be a best ghoul friend, on top of those things, you get the holographic best ghoul friend sticker and you get a your very own Susto mask and then of course you get all the other benefits and if you don't know what they are visit the patreon the link is in the bio of all the social medias and you can peruse and and see what what you want to sign up for i totally totally messed up and i forgot to give the shout out of the patrons on the social medias for the month of january and i am super sorry for that that is completely my fault it's something that i just like i i completely lost track of and looked over but I'm going to go ahead and do that now and for the month of February so I don't try to do it later and then forget. So a big shout out to all of my current patrons for the month of January and February. That's Victoria Valdez, Emily, Armani Villarreal, Diana De Leon, Jonathan Abshire, Eva, Mark Meave, Mario, April, Luther, Alejandra, Rachel, Sadie, and Liza, Joe Uvias. Thank you all so much. Again, I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I love creating for you all. And so, yeah, I'm not going to do a witty little sign off. I'm just going to say, have a good week and uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Keep wearing a mask. If you're able to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. And yeah, I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye. <laughs>